Thanksgiving week is before us. Wow, uh, it is hard to believe. And I don't know about you, the, the more years that go by, I find myself... Um, I find myself experiencing the things that I'm thankful for in a different kind of way. You know, when you're young, you're like, you just have that checklist. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for this. The older I get, I find myself slowing down and actually like really savoring what I'm thankful for. You know, like really like savoring it, like feeling it, experiencing it, letting, letting it really kind of wash over you. And one of the things that I find myself savoring over and over again is the beauty of this community, this family that we have here together. The opportunity that we have to, um, to lean into each other's complex human existence, right? Uh, just go ahead and look at the person next to you and be like, you're a complex human. Go ahead, free yourself up, right? Yeah, and, and they can share that with you too. Um, and, and the beautiful thing is, is, as a community, we get to lean into that together. And, and being a person of faith, being a person of faith is, is definitely leaning into a, a complex human situation. Faith is one of those tricky things. Um, it's, it's beautiful when we get it right. But it's sometimes possible that, that we can get way off when it comes to what it means to be a person of faith. Um, I think I've told this story here at Mosaic before, but I've, I've always been blown away by this story. So in 1582, uh, there was a genius mathematician by the name of Christopher Clavius. And he had discovered an error in the Julian calendar. That was the, the calendar that was pretty much... Um, the calendar that the whole world used. And, and he had noticed that because of a 0.002% miscalculation, that over the years, we were, we were 10 days off. So society in 1582 went to bed on October 4th, but woke up the next morning on October 15th. And that began the Gregorian calendar under Pope Gregory that we live uh, with now. And the reason I tell that story is because I think it's a, a beautiful picture of showing how when, when even you're off on something for a little bit, over time, um, you can be way off. And so sometimes I, I wonder, what does it mean to be people of faith? Because even if we're off a little bit, over much time, we can, we can miss the picture of what being a person of faith looks like. In Mosaic, here's my hope for us this morning is that we would walk away with this understanding. More than a passionate commitment to God, more than a passionate commitment to God and a set of beliefs so as to win the world for Jesus, faith is a willingness to enter into negation now, I know that's not a word that we hear all the time, but I wanted to use it this morning because I think it's important for us to understand. Negation is, is basically a process of entering into brokenness, weakness, longing, and death. That, that faith is a willingness to enter into negation, to see an all-new reality open before us, in the midst of our utter weakness in childlike trust. 
so the love of God wins us in the world. Do you see the shift that happens there? More than a passionate commitment to God and to a set of beliefs so that, so that somehow we can win the world for God. It's learning how to enter into negation. And, and basically by negation, this is what it would look like in real life. Imagine yourself tomorrow, Monday, tomorrow morning, Monday morning, you wake up and you're like, ugh. Right? But instead of, instead of acting on that, you pause and you say, I'm going to enter into the complexity of this. I'm going to enter into the brokenness of Monday morning, into the pain of Monday morning, into the weakness of Monday morning. And I'm going to surrender to this. And I'm going to instead choose to believe that by stepping into this, God is going to do something. So that's where it can start right there, okay? And it can also look like this then. You get into your day, whatever your day looks like, wherever you go. And let's say um, the time comes where it's been a long morning filled with a lot of tasks, but you reach lunchtime. And let's say a fellow student or a coworker you notice is struggling. And you've got an agenda that you would like to do, whether it's just rest, eat lunch alone, work through lunch, whatever it is. But instead of choosing to do that, you enter into negation and instead choose to forsake what you would rather do in order to enter into the weakness, the longing, the brokenness of the person that you notice and trust that somehow you can minister the grace of Christ to that person. It looks like then your day continuing and you get home at night and although you'd love to just kick off your shoes and do what you want to do, you remember that your elderly neighbor next door is in a bad place. And so although you could just go into your home and isolate yourself and start your evening refreshment, you'll choose to go knock on your neighbor's door and just say, hey, how are you? I just wanted to check in. This is what negation looks like. And, and believing that as we enter into negation, saying, I'm going I'm to be willing to kind of turn away from my desires and my story and enter into this, that God is bringing all new realities out of that. And we're finding that as we step into those moments, the love of God meets us there, but we're also able to share the love of God with others. And notice what's happening. Rather than winning the world for Jesus, the love of God is winning us and winning our neighbors and winning all of those people around us. What, what a beautiful thing a life of faith in that kind of way is. Many of the New Testament letters, they were written by the Apostle Paul. Uh, and for Paul, faith is an, inc it's an incredibly complex human existence. Uh, Paul would say this in Galatians chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. He's writing to this church and he says, I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. All right? do, do you notice the complex human existence that Paul is is putting out there for us, is this is what it means for me to be a person of faith. I no longer live, but, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. For Paul, faith was always about entering into the journey of Jesus. And the journey of Jesus was what? A journey to the cross, a journey into ne negation, a journey of letting go of what Jesus would, would maybe have loved to accomplish on his own, trusting his father that even as he would surrender to death, 
that God was doing a new thing in that. And so for Paul, this, this was the picture of faith. But this wasn't always the picture of faith for Paul. In fact, Paul's story is actually a, a, a picture of two very different kinds of faith. And that's what I want us to look at this morning, the two very different kinds of faith that Paul experienced in his life. So in order to do that, we need to turn to Acts chapter 9. Uh, Acts is a New Testament book. Uh, Jesus has gone through his death, his resurrection. Um, Jesus has commissioned his followers to now go and make disciples, make followers of the Jesus way. Um, And in particular, Paul, who at this time is still known as Saul, is a religious leader in the midst of the, the, the Jewish people. And in particular, many of the Jews still at this time were struggling with this new thing that God was doing in Jesus. Now, Paul was definitely religious. Paul had all kinds of religious zeal. Paul was committed all out to God and what God had been doing throughout the ages. Um, But again, we said faith is more than just a passionate commitment to God and to a certain set of beliefs. Faith is actually a willingness to enter into negation. And that's where... For, for a lot of religious people, it can be difficult for us to, hey, we're all for the passionate commitment. We're all for the passionate belief. But wait a minute, God, you want me to enter into death? You want me to enter into brokenness, into weakness, in order to trust that you can do something in my story that, that, that feels like utter weakness? I don't know if I can do that. So Paul's in this place, and so Paul, he's living from this, this passionate commitment to God, this passionate commitment to his belief, And in verses 1 and 2 of Acts chapter 9, we read these words. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found anyone who belonged to the way, the way was basically this this term that had come, this phrase that had come for those who were now following Jesus, that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, where, where does this come from in Paul? It's important for us to pause and say, what, what led Paul to this kind of passionate belief? Because for Paul, kind of a life of faith was a battleground for space. It was, hey, Um, this is what God is doing, and so I'm going to enter into spaces and passionately let people know this is who God is, this is what God is doing, this is what you need to believe. Uh, And so Paul is is at this place where that's what he's doing. So Paul would have probably grown up knowing a story that had taken place back in the Old Testament book of Numbers. In the book of Numbers, uh, there is a a gentleman by the name of Phinehas. Phinehas is the grandson of Aaron, who was the high priest of Israel at that time. Israel had been freed from Egypt. God had um, worked, allowed them to leave their slavery. And at this time, um, God is, in a sense, working to give the Israelites a land. And God is saying, hey, as you enter into this land, this is the kind of people you need to be. Now, the problem is, as people go into the land, they're struggling with what it means to just trust God and follow God and and trust in his provision day after day. So Phinehas is one who's radically committed to what God is doing, 
to believing who God is and, and how God is at work. So what happens in the midst of this time of history in Numbers chapter 25 is the Israelites are amongst foreign people, the Midianites. And it just so happens that the Israelite men find the Midianite women rather attractive. And the Israelite men are struggling with what is God doing? How is God at work here? This is difficult. God's not giving us exactly what we thought in the timeline that we want. Um, and so, of course, they start to pull back from their commitment to God, some of the men in the camp, and they end up sleeping with some of the Midianite women. And so the religious leaders in the camp, and Phinehas being a young kind of leader emerging who had this passionate commitment, is seeing this, and he's utterly frustrated by it. And at one point in time, there's a meeting going on in the camp, and Phinehas happens to notice a couple of Israelite men who usher in a couple of Midianite women. And while they are in the tent, Phinehas takes his spear and takes care of business. And this kind of radical commitment, even in portions of the Old Testament, in some ways it appears that the Israelites are, Israelites are kind of celebrating this radical commitment. So, so we have to give Paul a little bit of a break here, right? For the Israelites, faith was about battling for space and who's really in and who's really out. And if you're really in, you're going to do it this way. And if you're out, we're going to let you know that you're out and you need to get it right. And the way that we're going to deal with you is rather harsh. And so Phinehas would have really kind of become a... Um, almost a model for young Jewish boys growing up in Paul's tradition. Phineas was celebrated. Like if you were, you know, Paul in his bedroom uh, would have had like a Phineas fathead poster. You know what those are? You know, like on the wall, you know? Like now we'll have like a running back, you know, on the wall. It's like this life-size poster. You know, Paul would have had like Phineas, like, yes, this is what radical commitment to God looks like. And we're battling for space, and so we've got to get out there and like have this kind of radical commitment. So, so we have to understand that this is how Paul is viewing a life of faith. But what Jesus is going to do is Jesus is going to meet Paul here and say, hold on a second, time out. This is not about you being passionately committed to the story that you believe that I'm doing and that you'd like to see happen but faith is really about, are you willing to actually step back? And when something happens in a way that you didn't see coming, are you willing to stop and pause and enter into negation? Verse 3 of Acts chapter 9. Now as he, Saul, was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus, for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. So for Paul, a life of faith, it began for him with this radical, passionate commitment. But 
eventually this faith finds itself blind and questioning on a street called Straight. And we're not there yet, but in, in a few verses we'll see the street that Paul is on here, ironically enough, is called Straight Street. And for Paul, this is what Paul is saying to us. This is the complexity of faith. That faith is really about a willingness to enter into negation, kind of letting go of kind of our passionate commitment, our passionate beliefs, and say, God, hold on. What's more important is, am I really open to what you're desiring to accomplish in my life and what you're really looking to accomplish in the world so that you are the one who's winning the world, not me trying to win it for you, trying to make it happen for you? And a life of faith, it, it often begins with that passionate commitment, but eventually you'll find yourself here. In fact, some of us right now are probably at that place where we've been walking a street called straight, believing that we know exactly what God is doing, but right now you're at that place where it's like, oh my gosh, I don't know, I have a, I have a whole lot of questions. I'm not sure I know exactly what God's doing in the world anymore. And, and if that's where you are, I just want to let you know that that's a beautiful place to be. And God's not going to keep you there, but it's okay to be there. It's okay to be there. And maybe you're at a point where you're like, man, I, I'm just, I feel blinded right now. I don't know what's going on. This is where Paul's at. But th what, this is the place of negation where you're like, I, I wanted the story to play out this way. This is how I saw the story happening, but it's not happening. And so faith ushers us into negation. And the reality is, just like Paul, he's, he's alone here in this place. And we can easily enter into the darkness of isolation, right? When you're in that place of like, oh, man, I'm confused. And it's easy just to kind of shut the blinds, shut the windows, and kind of hunker down and be like, I'm just going to step back from all of this. I'll just kind of go on with my merry existence and just kind of do my thing. But it's there in the, in the midst of that darkness of isolation um, that there the light of beautiful people have the opportunity to meet one another to minister the presence in the light of Christ. Because this is what's going to happen in this part of the story. Verse 10. Now there was a disciple, a follower of Jesus, in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. He answered, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Get up, Ananias, and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard uh, from many about this man how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on your way here, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. 
I want us just to pause for a moment at this place in the story, Mosaic, because I, th- I think there's some real important things here for us to consider about what it means to be a community that leans into the complex human existence of just others and their lives around us. Ananias, I think he's, he's often the forgotten person in this story because if Ananias does not respond here, this story does not play out as it does. Now, I think what we notice about Ananias is is Ananias understands that the new family that God is creating, the new family that God is creating, that family is not there to enhance Ananias' identity. But that new human family is an object that Ananias is called to love and to serve. The reason I share this is this, because we often think of community as something that will enhance our identity, right? Generally, the community of people I want around me are a community of people that I choose. I don't want them to be annoying. I don't want them to have very different beliefs than me. I don't want them to usher me into complex situations. I want them to agree with me on everything. This is how we choose identity, and so that's why, yeah, hey, I'd love to go to brunch with just my little group of friends that I pick. But I I read this story, and I'm like, but look what Ananias is doing. Ananias is realizing, like, God is forming a new human family, and Ananias sees this new human family as an object worthy of his love, worthy of his sacrifice, worthy of saying, I'm going to step into this. In fact, Ananias is willing to enter into negation in order to tend to the new thing that God is doing. I want to encourage you in that because your presence in each other's lives within this Mosaic family, it matters. Your presence in each other's lives and our presence in each other's lives, it matters, Mosaic. And I hope more than anything you you, you realize that this morning. Because without this presence here of Ananias stepping into what Jesus is doing in Saul's life, this doesn't happen. And without us continually stepping into each other's lives, showing up, the new thing that God is doing in our midst isn't happening. But because we do, we continue to tend to the new thing that God is doing. Ananias is willing to forego his own safety, his own convenience, his own wishes in order to, um, to discover the community around him, but Christ in that community. That's the beautiful thing. Ananias is, is willing to enter into negation. So Mosaic, here's the reality. Despair, loss, brokenness, confusion, blindness of what in the world is going on in the world, it is happening all around us. It's happening in your life, and it's happening in each and every person's life around you. I was, I was at a show in Omaha on Wednesday night, and I was, you know, the, the opening band before their last song, he said, you know, I, I wrote this song um, in the midst of an existential crisis. And he, he said it in a Finnish accent, which was cool. It sounded, sounded much more cool and deep than I just said it. Um, and he's like, but then again, it feels like the whole dang world is in an existential crisis right now. And I'm like, boom, yes. What an opportunity to be alive. 
it feels like the whole dang world is blind on straight street. We thought we knew exactly where we were going, and all of a sudden it's like, boom, whoa, where are we? What does it mean to be a person of faith? What kind of new thing is God doing, and am I willing to surrender to it in my own life, to enter into negation, believing that even in weakness and longing and death and despair and brokenness, that God can bring something new out of it, and so I'm not going to be afraid to keep walking in that direction, and I'm going to walk into the, the, that negation of other people's lives around me too, and I'm going to keep showing up. And although I could do this over here and keep tending the story that I want to see created, I'm not going to do that. I'm instead going to step over here on a regular basis and show up and say, how can I help you process what's going on? That mosaic is the beautiful opportunity before us. Jesus is with us in that. We are with each other in that. And all things are being made new because of God's love that's present in that. And I think, I think more than anything, the reason I wanted to share that with you this morning is, is this. I, again, I find myself savoring with much gratitude the beauty of this community. And as this Thanksgiving week comes, I'm, I'm so thankful for all of you. Savoring that. Because what we're doing here is not about some radical passionate commitment to God and to a set of beliefs and to, to this institution of mosaic so that we can get people here and, and build a brand and, and somehow win the world for Jesus. That's not our purpose as a church. Our purpose as a church is so that we can enter into the negation that is happening in our own lives, the things that need to die, the things that we need to just say, I'm going to step into that and just let it go and see God do something new. And the way that we, we willingly step into that negation happening in other people's lives all around us. That's what it means to be God's people. That's what it means to be a people of faith. And if we even get off on that by 0.002% over the long haul, we're going to find ourselves being far from the people of God that we've been created to be. But I believe, Mosaic, that as long as we keep entering into our own negation and the negation of, of, of the other lives happening all around us, like ministering the presence of Jesus that's there, the love of God is going to win us and going to win the world. It's not about us making this happen. And that's the beauty of faith. There's no battle going on here. There's, there's no battle going on for, like, winning spaces for Jesus that aren't already won. Jesus was already present in Saul's life. Jesus is already present in each person's life around you. It's just a matter of waiting for that moment and being present in people's lives so that when they are there on straight street, blind, confused, in the midst of an existential crisis, we can step in and say, I see you. I've been there too, or maybe I'm there now. And this is what I've discovered. That being in that place means that God is meeting you and God is bringing about something new because that's what God does, right? He brings us into death in order to bring new life. That's why Paul could say, for me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ. So Mosaic, I want to invite the worship team back forward. Um, and hey, let's... I just want to invite you over the next week. Um, 
if this community means something to you, I just want to invite you to um, this week, look for opportunities where you can just savor this community, where you can just, whatever that moment looks like, you know, maybe you're taking a walk, maybe you're on a run, maybe you're driving in the car. Can you just like shut off the radio, turn off the podcast, turn off the TV? And I I just want to invite you to to enter into a place this week where you would just be like, I'm just going to savor the beauty of this community because it is something special. I want to invite you into that. And maybe just ask the question like, God, what does it mean for me to continue to just continue to lean into this community and what's happening here? Leaning into the negation that's happening in your own life, that's happening in the lives around you, and we'll trust that God is bringing new things out of that loss, that longingness, that weakness, that brokenness. So let's stand together, shall we, Mosaic? And um, we'd love to have you back here next Sunday morning where we're going to have brunch together. Um, and, And so that even ties in with this idea of just savoring this community brunch next next Sunday it's, it's it's really just a tangible way of literally savoring this community like taste and see that the Lord is good and that this community is good so we won't be here in this room we'll be right in that room over there next Sunday um, and we're just gonna eat together and just savor all the goodness that is mosaic and that is the presence of Jesus here God, thank you so much for this space uh, that you've made possible this morning. Thank you for each and every life who is here. Jesus, we recall the way that you took bread. You gave thanks and you broke it. You said, this is my body, which is for you. So as needful people, we come and receive the life that you have for us, your life, your faithfulness. Your life and faithfulness now lives in us. Teach us to rely on that rather than our own strength, our own desires, our own wisdom. Jesus, we recall the way that you took a cup. You said this cup represents the new covenant in my blood, which is for you, for the forgiveness of sin. So, God, we, we bring all of the ways that we have lived outside of what you have for us. God, thank you for your grace, your forgiveness, your love that meets us there and that continues to open up new doors for us. Yeah, even in this moment, we just want to uh, savor your beauty and the beauty of Mosaic. Help us not be afraid to enter into negation, knowing that you're doing a new thing. Help us not be afraid to enter into the negation of others around us. We don't have to fix anything that's happening in others' lives. We just show up and say, we see you, we love you. God is present here. Jesus is present here. So do your work in this moment, we pray. Amen. Mosaic, come forward when you're ready.